GPS powered by SET. Welcome to Radio Primavera Sound. We are here today with Dania Shahab from Parallax Editions, um, which is one of our favorite indie labels. Well, I, I say label, we'll, we'll get into that. It's more of a, of, of a platform. Dania, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Ben. It, it's an absolute pleasure um, to have you here. I, I want to get into this. So you, you, you are a radio host, you're a DJ, um, and you run Parallax Editions which I described as a label, but is a multi, a sorry, multidisciplinary platform. I mean, how, how do you see it? Well, when I started Parallax, oh, it was in 2014, I actually came from a sort of a book publishing angle. So I wasn't really doing music that much at that stage. And I was really involved sort of in the photo book festival circuit. Um, I was writing for, you know, photo, um, photo book magazines, and, you know, the person I was with at that time was really into music and we really wanted to combine both the books and the, the, the music together. So art and music. And so parallax, you know, if you take the definition of parallax, it means to look at something from a different perspective. So, you know, an object, if you look at it from a different angle, will look differently. So we wanted to sort of bridge the gap between, you know, people who come from a music background getting into photography or people from photography really enjoying music so that we just perceived that there was a divide there. And um, so that's how, how it started. But now it's sort of like trailing off more into music these days because I'm doing it by myself and I'm finding it hard just to do books, you know, it's quite, um, the book side of things is quite, you know, A, cost prohibitive and B, quite, you know, labour intensive as well. So um, music is probably where I'm sitting more these days. You uh, published various uh, books by Sana Raw, is that, is that right? Yeah, so um, I've published a book, it was actually a, co- a collection of his fanzines and I met him after a gig um, and he was playing with Laraji and I really liked his work. I really love his musical work and, you know, I approached him and I thought, you know, maybe we could do like a, a book. But the, the book is really interesting because it actually weighs almost two kilos, which has meant almost like the, the cost of the book is, you know, cheaper than shipping. <laughs> so it was a very interesting book um, and it's all taken on his like flip phone, um, him doing tours so it's very lo-fi which I think really sits well with his music and um, it came with like some mixes that he did as well which yeah. I mean would you would you do another book or is it definitely music Um, from now on in? So I would do another book but the idea really is the book has to complement the music so I'm really sometimes well a lot of the times I'm looking for interesting projects where um, you know, if it might be a conceptual um, musical piece where, for example, I've been talking with um, this musical, uh, this musician who's doing a PhD in um, basically how we, how cookies, or when we're, we're on the internet, there's cookies that sort of monitor uh, what we do, and she converts those cookies into music, and it's it's really interesting conceptually, and I find the whole project very interesting, and just yeah, I find you know if we could do a, a publish a book about that and and accompany that with the music, I find that very interesting. Those sort of ideas and projects. I mean, I I think of Parallax Editions as being um, a Barcelona 
label because you, you live here for most of the year. Um, and is it quite Barcelona? Do you think? I mean, it's a, it's quite an international lineup of people that have released music. Do you feel you're sort of influenced by things here? Um, absolutely. I'm in, like I'm interested and I'm influenced. You know, my musical background is that you know I came up through the sort of the free jazz improv scene here, and I was a part of a collective, and that's how I'm really into tapes. You know. Um, we just sort of dubbed our own tapes and, you know, li- usually it was just live shows and, you know, we printed our own, like, J, J cards for the tapes and th- that's how I got into music. And you're right, I do have a very international um, lineup, but I am this year putting out more sort of local artists. Um, but, yeah, it, it, is, it is a global platform, but I definitely am influenced by what's here in Barcelona. Uh, I'm interested by using cassettes because um, obviously there, there's a mix, but your most recent um, releases have come out on on cassettes exclusively. Mm-hmm. Why do you do that? I mean, you, you mentioned the free jazz background, but why why take that decision? Um, so there's a few reasons why I do cassettes. Um, one is that you know when you're doing vinyl, you often have to do a minimum release, and that's like maybe 300 minimum or 500. And sometimes I don't want to produce that many. I want to do a limited edition. The other reason is that I work with a really great um, group of designers and we do all our printing on um, really old machines, letterpress machines that are 100 years old. And the design process, there's no computer that goes into it. It's all done by hand. It's all typeset. It's um, it's a really beautiful and a nostalgic way of producing something. And that's the thing about Parallax is that I want the tape just not to be about the music but about the art and appreciate the object of the tape. Um, and that's that's why I do tapes. Um, and, of course, I like tapes. I know I was born in the 80s, so <laughs> I'm, I'm all for tapes. I have a lot of tapes at home. And the thing about tape culture as well is that it is also very global and there's also, you know, you put a tape out and then you'll get a few emails saying, hey, you know, I've put this tape out. Do you want to do a tape exchange? And so, you know, during the week I might send lots of tapes out to different labels they'll send me tapes back so it's just a really nice community I think. Do you ever get sort of feedback from people who are like I I love tapes but I'd really like this to go digital I'd really like to you know have it on Spotify or or whatever? Um, I mean I have very mixed feelings about streaming services Um, (laughs) I don't might get in trouble for this but uh, (laughs) you can say it you can say it well, I just find that streaming services really, um, they don't really foster a scene. They don't foster local scenes. Um, they, you know, punish rather than reward artists and very independent labels. And so I think, you know, it's very important to push back on those big corporations that are, are sort of benefiting off um, artists and art. And, and you know, I don't, I don't need... Um, I don't need streaming services at this stage. I prefer that people who want to know, know and search for the music and are genuinely curious rather than having someone, you know, a, a robot, you know, generate an algorithm. You know, I'm, my music's for people who are genuinely curious. So I want to play um, something from Parallax Editions. And with your with your permission, I'd like to play... Um, the, I'm not sure if it was the first track I heard, but it was it was a, a track that I absolutely love from the label, which is by L, which is E and four L's. Yes, four L's. Um, it's a track called Glisten. 
Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, tell us a little bit about that. How did you met, meet Elle? Um, um, so, I mean, the the person that mastered her record, Rupert, um, I have a really good relationship with him. He actually collaborated with Beatrice Dillon on one of the first records that we put out. And so I kind of knew about her from him and from some other friends. It was just, you know, like I said, like the scene's very small and and I listened to her music and she's actually, you know, classically trained. So this, you know, the piano she plays on this is all her, but she's um, now does a lot of electronic music and she's extremely talented. Um, and she sort of like blurs the line between um, doing she can do things like this and then she can do some really like wicked sort of beats and you know her track Pepsi last year I think was the one of the best tracks of last year so that's how I kind of you know but I, I've released more of the ambient side of her. Well let's listen to uh, Glisten by Elle.
That was uh, Glisten by L, uh, and we're here with Dania Shahab from Parallax Editions. Uh, that was released on on her label uh, at the end of last year, roughly. Yeah, some, I think it was September last year. I think yeah, something like that. So something I found really interesting was the the very next release um, by by Nina was very different. Yeah, so this is actually a mixtape. So it's not, I, I don't think there's any original music in there. Um, actually, I don't think there is at all. But she's she is an excellent DJ. She is a resident DJ at Golden Poodle. She also has a label called VIS um, out of Hamburg, who is one of my favourite labels. They really do some, you know, boundary-pushing electronic music releases. She's very well-respected. Um and when I approached her, I really just wanted to do, you know, just go back to that idea of a mixtape. You know, you get a cassette and you listen to a mix and you keep that mix and you talk about that mix. And the response to this tape was phenomenal. You know, it really sold out quite quickly. And I think people really, like, respond to that idea of you you have a mix and you have a tape and it's yours to keep and, you know, it's beautiful to look at and the paper's nice and you know it's so yeah it's very different it's very her music's very dark and industrial and droney and ambient but um definitely have a lot of respect for nina obviously as we well know um the music industry is you know maybe not what it once what it once was in terms of selling lots of records um it can be quite hard to run an indie label what drives you to do it um I don't, I mean, I don't know if I can pinpoint a drive. I just, I have been a avid consumer of music. I love music. I, I like this idea of not being a spectator and, you know, actually being involved and, you know, putting things out. And I guess, you know, I am, I come from a privileged background in the sense that I am a doctor, so I can my money can sort of fund these operations and I don't have to worry too much that is this going to make money or, you know, so I think that's, um, I'm lucky in that way. Um, so that, I guess, does that answer the question? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you like to take part, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like to, to be part of it. And it, it. I mean, not necessarily in the front, maybe in the background and just like fostering young artists or, you know, up and coming sort of mid-career artists as well. You mentioned, I found this fascinating, you're, you're a doctor um, and we were sort of talking off air, you, you go 
um, to Australia and you work there five months a year, very intense sort of work. Do you ever speak to your sort of fellow doctors and medical staff about what you do? Do you ever say, look, I run this cassette label? And, and if you do, what do they make of it? Um, people, I mean, I think people have a genuine curiosity about it. But, uh, you know, a lot of doctors do have a side hustle, for, be- for lack of a better word. Like, you know, one of the doctors I work with is really into robotics. Someone's like patenting some weird ultrasound machine. So everyone has their own little thing that they're into. And um, But people are genuinely curious. But when I do play them the music, I think there's like a, sort of a look of really <laughs> kind of disappointment on their face, you know, because I think a lot of people's idea of music is not my necessarily my idea of music so surely not disappointment well I think just uh, maybe very morbidly inquisitive let's say <laughs> all right morbidly inquisitive let's play something morbidly inquisitive what, what would you like to play from um maybe we should play something that the last release from Fockel and Fischerly who are two producers from the underground scene in Poland sort of mix of like droney and ambient and st- uh and this one I think is a bit more dubby um, this is Swimming Pool 2.0, I think. Swimming Pool 2.0, yes. Let's have a listen to that.
That was Fockel and uh, Fischerli. Have I said that right? Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, my Polish is not not, not not up to much with Swoonpool 2.0. So how did you how did you get to know them? Um, so good question. So I've I've noticed Fockel, she's been around in the scene for a while. Fischerli's put out a few tapes as well. Um, Fockel's put out some stuff on Alien Jams, which is a label that I really respect out of England. And so they've always been sort of circulating in my periphery and I've had like my eye on them. Um, yeah, officially put out a tape on Where To Now back in the early days when they were doing tapes. So yeah, I kind of just knew about them both. Um, and then I just approached them and that's how it sort of happened. And is there a kind of community among independent labels it strikes me from what you're saying that you know the tape exchanges for example that kind of thing do you, do you feel a sense of togetherness community yeah absolutely and that's one one of the reasons why I really love tapes um you know like the other day I just had a someone from Scotland just email me and say hey I've got this label and you know we've done stuff with Fisherly in the past it's really old stuff do you want to like swap a tape and you know I'd never heard of this label before and it was just really nice just to hear from someone who's doing the similar sort of thing to me. There's like lots of um, tape blogs and things like that and podcasts. And so there is like a very big community around tapes. And because it's such a niche and sort of weird area, I think people are really um, nerdy about it, I guess. How many tapes do you have at home? Oh, I don't know. Uh, too many. <laughs> I have no idea. I haven't counted them. Um, I'm always buying tapes, yeah. I mean, it's what you buy most of, more, more tapes than vinyl or...? Uh, I would say, yeah, actually, if I if there is a tape release over a vinyl release, I do like tapes. I don't know. It's just the – I just love tapes. It's just, just where I – my background. And and I think, you know, vinyl's nice, but I, I tend to buy vinyl for things that I'm like, this is something I'm going to listen to over and over and over again because they don't deteriorate as, you know, much as tapes do. So, um, yeah, kind of save those for the, the special things. And uh, sorry, this is a very mm. technical, nerdish question. Mm. But what do you, what do you listen to them on? Are there really good new tape decks being released? Uh, no, I've got a really old one, um, and yeah, that's what I listen to my tapes on. Um, yeah, it's just it's still got some like old wood on it, and yeah, no, I don't I don't get nerdy about the the technology that much. No, you're a DJ as well. I yeah, I dabble. <laughs> You play quite a lot at Lout in Barcelona? I've played at Lout. Um, I mean, I have a dub lab radio show that I do monthly. Um, and, yeah, like I don't DJ as much, I mean, because I spend a lot of time in Australia, but that's not, yeah. yeah. What's your kind of style? What do you try to do when you're DJing? Um, I really, I guess, you know, I do a lot of industrial, just like some music concrete, a lot of experimental, some drone um, and it's really a mix of old and new stuff. And, you know, the, the narrative of what the mix is really depends on the mood I'm in that day. Um, but it's, you know, tends to be a little bit on the dark side. <laughs> and how do, how do Barcelona audiences react to that? Um, I think, I mean, Barcelona is a very strange scene, I would say, because I think with DJing, mostly it's a lot of techno and house and... Um, quite harder sort of styles of music so you know I don't really do that I don't really um, DJ that but it would be nice if we had like a place where that kind of music was better appreciated but um, I find that 
hard in Barcelona. So let's play another uh, another song from the label. Um, you brought along five. We played two. Which, which would you like to play? Um, maybe we can play um, an excerpt from um, Two Changes by Beatrice Dillon and Rupert Cliveau. Let's play that.
So that was uh, an excerpt uh, from uh, Two Changes by Beatrice Dillon and Rupert Clairvaux, uh, which was released on Paranax Editions. Thanks. So Beatrice Dillon has massively blown up this she year. She has, yes. Um, how, I mean, how do you feel when you, when you see that? Do you feel really proud that you've kind of released? Um, of course I feel proud. I feel also, um, I mean, the thing is, like, for a lot of people she's blown up, but I think people that have known her music for a long time she's always it was kind of an inevitable sort of trajectory for her so I think um I wasn't surprised at all you know um so everything that she's put out has been consistently excellent so very fortunate that she released on um my label it's quite a calling card as well I think when someone yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, when I released, I released her, I think it was 2014, so a very long time ago, and she was still up and coming. I think she had only at that stage released a couple of tapes at, on Where To Now, and I'd heard about her from um, one of the other artists that I've put out on this, or um, he's called Serpiente as well, who he's put out stuff as well, a lot of cool stuff last year if you want to check him out. But he was like, you should check this um this producer out and you know I did we loved it um, we put it out and we didn't really expect the result you know we had to repress it because it sold out quite quickly um, but yeah very excellent record uh, as we mentioned before um, you uh, live in Barcelona for most of the year mm-hmm. can you recommend any sort of Barcelona producers at the moment um, so I've been I'm a big fan of Ilya um, she is I think she's very underrated. She does a lot of ambient stuff. She plays with Nino de Elche. Um, she um, has a project with another friend of mine called People You May Know, um, and that's more sort of old school electro acid. Um, and I think she's extremely talented. She's actually sent me some music and I'm hoping to release something. Ah, nice. Yeah. yeah. And how about in, in Australia? Do you... Do you I, I know you go there mainly to do other work but do you do you feel much of a connection with electronic music there uh i would have to say i have very little connection with the music scene now in australia i mean i grew up in tasmania which is an island and i hadn't seen my exposure to electronic music was almost nothing until i was about 25 you know um i hadn't even seen a band by the age i was 25 and i moved to perth which was on the west coast which is you know as isolated as Tasmania, it's the most isolated city in the whole world, in fact. Um, and so the music community there is very insular, but actually very supportive. And that's when I first got exposed to electronic music, and that's when I first got interested in it. Um, but nowadays, I don't really have my finger in the sort of in the pie, so to speak. I don't really, I don't really know much about the the scene there, and it's because when I'm I'm there, I'm just working, you know. Do you think that growing up, sort of away from electronic music gives you a unique perspective on it that other people might have, enables you to see it in another way? I think what it's given me is this, like, real desire to, like, know more about it because when you don't have access to it, you just your curiosity is just it's an insatiable hunger, you know. You just want to know more about it, and that's what, you know, stays with you. Um and I think, you know, when you're immersed in an atmosphere, I think sometimes you do take what, you're, what you have for granted. And 
Um, I feel very fortunate to live in Barcelona and, you know, that I, I, I can go to a gig or I can go see some excellent musicians where I, I never really had that, you know, when I grew up in Tasmania or, you know, in Perth for that, for that fact. So, um, yeah. You, uh, on Parallax Editions, um, you release uh, not that many things. Um, a couple of years, three years, mm. four years, something like that. W- would you like? Would you like to release more, or do you like the the, the way it is? Um, of course, I'd like to release more, but um, I, you know, obviously, I work as a doctor. Um, when I work, I take gaps because it's just I can't really dedicate the mind space to running a label full time, and you know. Being a doctor, and also, you know, I, I, I study when I'm not um, uh, when I'm not being a doctor because you have to. Um, so it, it is obviously I'd love to do it, but I'm I'm a person of one. I'm very limited <laughs> by what I can do, and I, you know, sometimes I just see it as like a, a very it's a passion project and it's something I love, and I'd rather do something, put out quality releases infrequently than put out many releases just for the sake of it or just to be more visible because I think I'm happy with the level of visibility that Parallax has at the moment. And as a sort of final question, if somebody wanted to you know, start off with, with Parallax, where where should they start? I mean, there's, there's a few things on SoundCloud, right? Or should they go in and buy one of the tapes? I mean, a lot of them are sold out. Yeah, so fewer sold out, but, um, you know, you can still buy digitals for some of the releases on Bandcamp. Um, uh, some, I mean, the, some of the L vinyls um, still available. And we, I do have a SoundCloud as well. Just just type in Parallax Editions and it should come up and you can have a listen. Yep. Oh, and I, I want to ask, how important is Bandcamp? Oh, incredibly important. I think Bandcamp is probably one of the only musical platforms that I can, you know, really get behind. They give you a healthy sort of kickback every time you make a sale. It's very user-friendly. It's, for me, even as a consumer of music, I really enjoy um, the interface and, you know, I discover a lot of music through Bandcamp. Okay, we're going to play out with with one final song. Um there's one that's going to have to go. <laughs> what should we play out with? Uh, what do we have left? Let's see. Um, oops. Uh, let's play Fractals by Bro Shooter. Fra- and why, why that one? Um, I, I, just, I really like it. I think it's a fun track. What more could you want? All right, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you.